I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, January 25th, 2020. Economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar is So late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Monitor. Monitor. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Jarrett McKenzie and Melanie. Melanie, why can't I remember your name? <laughs> oh, is it Wells? One of these. There days. you go. You Wells. got it. I, well, you, not always. You it hasn't always been that. Me in midstream, and, and that's, that's the problem. <laughs> we worked together well. the most when I had yeah. my maiden name. Your maiden so name really fun. stuck. At least with <laughs> Troy, anyways. Well, that, not I mean, anybody that's the else. Thing. It was. <laughs> you you worked in operations for a long time, and yeah. I used to uh, work a lot closer with you. And now yeah. you're a financial planner in our. Planning and Implementation Department at Hensler Financial, and I guess I probably should have thought of that before I got to the point where I was about to introduce you, and <laughs> then I couldn't. Well, if it makes Next you feel time. better, I still, I, sometimes I'll look at you and want to call you by your, your maiden name, and I mean, I, it comes to me, but still, I don't, yeah. I don't know why I mean, it's like that. Yeah, so, yeah. You had a really good maiden name. Your parents did a good job. There you go. And now everyone <laughs> will remember how I couldn't remember, and they will. <laughs> Yeah. Melanie Wells. Oh, All right, so uh, both you guys uh, hold the CFP designation. Your uh, CFP certificates. There you go. Mm-hmm. The way you do it. Yeah, yeah, the board would be oh, proud yeah. of you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm here to please. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Uh, uh, work as, you know, I know it's not your title, but uh, financial planning is your basic, uh, um, your basic work in our planning and implementation department at Hensler Financial, and uh, you do a great job of it. Now, Melanie, I'm not aware of any other designations you have, but if you fill me in, nothing. No, that's the only one right now. All right. Well, Jared's got this CWS, a Certified Wealth Strategist. Um, Very similar to CFP. Not quite as technical, but. Yeah, you got that, and then Mm -hmm. kept going, right? Well. Educated yourself a little further. Yeah. You have a graduate degree, MBA. Oh, well, I, I, no I more. I don't want to overlook that. No, that's not. That look, all these numbers and letters and this stuff just runs together. It doesn't, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, it's all as long, long as the education is there. That's what matters. Is no, that right? The letters they tend to. Well, with all the get jumbled. The space inside that big cranium, you're, yeah. you could probably yeah, go something. back to school and add five or six <laughs> more degrees and designations. Nope, I'm done. 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 Just done. having babies is. Awesome. Well, I, I thought you were done with that. Yeah, too, that's right? what I'm saying. I'm done with everything. Everything. Yes, okay. it's just financial planning it's just for me now. Financial planning no and maintaining your life. <laughs> which, exactly. Which you've made a little more difficult than yep. most people have. Really simplifying things. Now. All right. Well, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so uh, in a week that we have a, um, the beginning of a impeachment trial for president, the stock market is up. 1.15%. Is there something wrong with this picture? I mean, is the market missing something? I thought it was the efficient uh, <laughs> allocator of, of assets. What, what's going on? 
Well, you don't. I mean, if you look back at the prior impeachments, you know Nixon, Clinton, they, it it did not seem to negatively affect the markets, especially even after those had taken place. I mean, the, the markets did quite well. In fact, after it had happened, and, and it created some volatility, but I think that until something meaningful actually happens, we shouldn't expect much of an impact on the market until something meaningful takes place. So are you telling me that leading up to the impeachment should have been all the damage, right? Well, some. But so last year, what did the market do? did quite well. I think, what, 31 and a half? Yeah, 31.49%. So... Again, I mean, is there some sort of a dislocation? Is the market missing something? I think at least to some, in some respect it is because there's a lot going on that is inexplicable, particularly with technology, as we were talking about yeah. last weekend. There's no and, doubt there. Uh, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see it getting derailed very much with, you know, the economy still looking as strong as it does in, in most instances. The impeachment, to me, is not going to make or break the market unless something comes out that, like I said, meaningfully changes the underlying cause of all this. It's yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. And I'd, let's face it, there are so many moving parts to a financial market that it's almost impossible to know any one thing that moves the market. I tell you something that I have been watching close back in, uh, I think it was late 2015 or 16, um, we had a point at which um, Ebola was first introduced into the United States, uh, not on purpose, obviously, but uh, we had uh, a, a doctor who had traveled abroad and wound up contracting the disease, and uh, a nurse that was caring for him actually contracted it while he was here in the United States. Um, scary times. The market lost almost 10%. Nothing really was going on economically uh, to explain uh, a decline like that. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that nurse cleared her, you know, they always uh, um, make sure that they're quarantined. So as soon as she right. cleared her quarantine, the market started going back up. There is no convincing me that that was not the <laughs> issue. And we, and now we're we're facing a coronavirus yeah. situation in China. They they've quarantined the whole town, mm -hmm. uh, and about 11 million people are supposedly impacted by this. Yeah. And well, it's really at crisis levels there now. You know, it's their it's their new year, which is right. a really really big deal in that country. Right. And it, I think canceling some of the yeah. some of the festivities. There there's a lot of concern over there right now with all of that that's going on. Yeah. Public health officials are uh, probably freaking out. I'm yeah. sure. I uh, I think that it's uh, definitely worth watching. Um, and I I was obviously baiting you or goading you into the conversation that we were having about the impeachment. It's hard to say what will happen in the end, but uh, I think the market has pretty much digested that before it even got off the ground and made a determination that it's it's not really that big a news. Um, but again, you know, anything could happen at any given time. Um, we've got other strange things that are going on. I, you know, read articles this week talking about Saudi Arabia um, basically hacking into Jeff Bezos' oh, yeah. uh, information, getting into his phone. Uh, you know, there's I don't understand why. Uh, all of those things occur. Obviously, there's a lot of information to be had from a guy that's uh, running one of the, if not huh. the largest retailer. And if you're the, the richest person in the world, right? Maybe it's yeah. a person or two, I'm sure, that wants to yeah. try to hack into your security there. Yeah, you wouldn't think that it would be a, a government, especially one that's uh, supposedly friendly to the United States, that's going to be doing that. But, uh, hey, here we are. 
Um, yeah. Very strange issues uh, going on there. But, um, you know, I, I think probably kind of dovetailing back into what you were talking about, Jarrett, uh, biggest issue I see right now is valuation in the market looks very stretched to me. Yeah. Uh, we came into the year at about a 21.6 price to earnings ratio. Uh, right now it's a little above 22. Uh, I could make good sense out of that if earnings were expected to be stellar going forward. But we're we're just now getting started with the reporting of fourth quarter 2019 earnings and they're expected to be negative by just a slight amount this year. For the market overall? For, for the, yeah, for the overall market. And, and even stranger, um, technology, you mentioned, uh, information technology in 2019 gave us 50.5%. Now, if I look at the numbers yeah, well, relative the, to a uh, year ago, even right now, 54.23% is how much technology has gained since January 23rd, 2019. And what are the earnings growth done since then? Yeah, it's been a contraction. So in, in 2019, one of the things that I looked at was we had uh, we had 50.5% growth in the price of the technology sector alone. And the, the piece that's really interesting is the PE actually expanded about 56%, which tells me that earnings contracted and the price just went up anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not the way this game's <laughs> supposed to work, guys. Yeah, the chart chart looks quite scary when you look at the uh, stock price relative to the earnings. Yeah, the fundamentals actually do look look much weaker than, than recent prices, and, and that is a, a bit of a bother to somebody that watches this stuff all the time. Which those companies are still doing really well, right? It's not as though they haven't been doing well over that same time it's just that the stock has been outpacing the earnings by yeah. quite a bit and yeah, so prices the, the have and and you know what the market is forward looking now again i'll go back to the statement I, I made about two or three minutes ago when when you see the market moving up you always wonder what's coming next the argument is the market's forward looking it's always uh more important maybe to look at the forward pe which is today's price divided by earnings 12 months from now. But when I look at the projections, they really aren't too exciting. I mean, 9.7%. So we moved up 50, 50% yeah. uh, in a year, 54% now in a year, uh, expecting 10% growth, actually a little less than 10% in the technology sector. Um, growth in earnings, that still leaves me a little bit scared. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, uh, watching this stuff real close. Um, maybe we'll have some huge earnings surprises, but you usually don't have them that big. I'll just tell you very rare situation. Doesn't seem to be the case this week with earnings anyways. Yeah. Well, and like I say, we're just now getting started. So we'll, we'll, uh, leave judgment to the side, but, uh, I'm a little cautious. You gotta be, gotta be honest. Oh yeah. All right. We're going to take a real quick break when we come back. We'll uh, have a dog of the week, and we'll get into a situation we'd like to talk about, pensions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. You This is the dog The dog of the week. All right, we got a dog of the week this week, and uh, usually when I 
you know, the more traditional sense of a dog is something that hasn't done well. This is just a really interesting tie-in to technology and dogs. I, I love dogs. i got a couple of dogs myself. But uh, did you know that Spotify has now created a playlist for your dog, your cat, or maybe even your hamster? Did you know? I did not know I did that. not know that. Yeah. does not surprise me, though, considering how many of these pet spas and other things are mm-hmm. popping up. Yeah. Well, the they they worked with a couple of uh, animal psychiatrists, which, you know. Didn't know there was one of those either. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, is there not one of those? One, they worked with a couple of them, I said. Uh, they actually, they're actually psychologists, not psychiatrists. I guess you wouldn't have a couch in your office and talk to the dog. But uh, <laughs> there are studies on what dogs like and what dogs don't like. It turns out that anything that's got sharp noises, uh, you know, gunshots, whatever, dogs don't really care too much for. It gets them a little more excited than you might want them to be while uh, they're at home alone without your presence. Sounds now, right. I get that, yeah. They do make a, a big distinction that uh, there's really no substitute for your love and attention in person. And, I, you know, I, I come from the 80s and 90s. I, back in those days, if you wanted to listen to something, there was technology wasn't near what it is today. We'd create a mixtape. It was always a cassette. <laughs> We'd hey, have our I favorite. Had, I had mixtape cassettes, oh, yeah. and I'm See, technically a millennial. There you go. Well, <laughs> I you like, come on the radio <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you missed the first 30 seconds, oh, that was the worst. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Times have changed. Just a tad. There you go. But, uh, you know, it uh, it used to be that. And I guess if you really loved your pet nowadays, you'd uh, record your own voice where you're talking to them. Or, you know, there is technology where you can log on, see your animals sleeping, um, you know, with uh, uh, some of the technology we have. You can turn on a, a microphone and even talk to your pet while you're at work. And I know... Folks do it because I was looking at one this past mm-hmm. Saturday where somebody was saying, hey, look, my dog's at home sleeping. I'm like, yeah, my dog too, but I couldn't show you on my phone. And I never will be able to yeah. do that. We no. gave my mom one of those, and I don't know if she ever set it up, which makes me remember now that we gave it to her, and I've never seen it, I don't think. Oh, you're yeah. going to have to fix that. I'm going to take those. it from her if she's not going to use it. Yeah, these hackers are getting into the baby <laughs> monitors true. and stuff. Cause yeah. you got to have... You know, if it's if it's not, yeah, if it doesn't come over the Wi-Fi, it's not really an issue. But stuff that yeah. you can view on your phone like that, yeah, mm-hmm. the hackers are coming. Have in you ever had anybody hack into your your pet goat cam and? <laughs> Can't say that I have. Like that? No, yeah. I, I keep it pretty secure. Yeah, uh, so. I mean, you live in Baldwin County. Everybody's yeah. got to go. Right? Oh yeah, you got to. Yeah, we don't have lawnmowers. In all seriousness, <laughs> do you have a a dog? No, no I, dog I would if I was allergic because my girls are. Begging for one, but you're allergic. I am. Wow. I mean, they make hypoallergenic ones now. They do. They make hypoallergenic <laughs> dogs. There are breeds of uh, hypoallergenic yeah. dogs. You can get a hairless cat. No. You look like a hairless cat kind of guy to me, anyway. <laughs> hey, I've I've tried to be around this hypoallergenic, and, and it still, still seems good. yeah they're not one hundred percent. Are they allergic to you? you know. Is more more uh, top of mind concern to me. You think yeah. so? You have to ask the, the pet psychologist. <laughs> right. uh, apparently, they get feedback yeah. from the pets if they yeah. can develop a playlist. Uh, they, uh, they, yeah, they're they're integral in this Spotify um, focused um, new product. I mean, the, the, it, this is this is awesome. 
Yeah. I mean, why He's not? pretty smart. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that listen to him. I'm just surprised you can. Well, and we occasionally <laughs> leave, like, the TV on for our dog. So, oh, yeah. I mean, the way I you get leave it. leave it on Lassie? I, I don't know. I don't no. think we'd choose anything specific. Not Animal Planet, because my dog yeah. can't watch other dogs Air without Bud. just barking. But oh, no, yeah, well, see, yeah. that's the thing. My next door, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that they say is soothing about having music for your mm. dog is it does drown out outside mm-hmm. noises. So, you know, if I, it's very seldom where I live that I hear traffic. But uh, once in a while, I we're, will hear, uh, you know, a, a, the siren of an ambulance or a police car going by. And what my dogs can hear is absolutely bizarre to me because oh, yeah. my next door neighbor will have a dog come out in his yard. His dog comes out and starts barking at nothing almost every night. And my dogs bark at the dog that's barking mm-hmm. at nothing. I'm pretty but, sure my dog barks at a leaf falling. So, I mean, it, oh, it is. Got, yeah. What have you got? A it's, Jack Russell Terrier? Or no. <laughs> She's part Cocker Spaniel and part Poodle, and I think it's the Poodle that's just the, oh, yeah. the well, crazy. Yeah, maybe some of, maybe one of these playlists will drown some uh, of that Yeah, out I might have to check this out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I would get your dog a, get your dog a um, cell phone and start playing the music. <laughs> we'll set up a Bluetooth speaker for him. Well, that'll work, yeah. <laughs> the technology of, of all stripes right. nowadays. You don't even have to talk to your dog, just play some music. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I found that a bit odd that um, businesses are actually catering, but, you know, that's that's big business these days. It's uh, yeah. pet, you know, daycare, and mm-hmm. uh, why not? If you're going to leave your dog at home outside of the care of a daycare or not take it to work with you, then... Make sure they got some tunes. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. The lonely dog is <laughs> here. All right, well, uh, believe it or not, it's not our... Uh, focus to talk about dogs but uh that being the dog of the week and uh my fun way of poking fun at technology um i want to cover it um we've got a situation we want to talk about this week with uh, mario who's retiring from a long-term employer and uh taking part of an early retirement at the age of 57 uh he's been granted access to his pension now pensions I almost feel like we need to describe what that is. They're, they're so <laughs> rare these yeah. days. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Mario needs to determine uh, how he will take the payments from the plan. He's likely to go back to work um, at, at some point in the future, but um, n- unlikely to make the, the kind of income that he's been making at his uh, long-term employer. And um, the early retirement offer was made to all the employees who were within 10 years of retirement. It sounds like a company that's trying to do away with their um, their defined benefit plan, which uh, yeah. is what we in the industry would call it. But a, a pension, basically, the difference between it is the company takes the risk of the investment and the employee uh, receives a, a stated amount in retirement from the savings that the company has actually put aside for the employee. These days, a 401k or a, a defined, what do they call it? Defined contribution plan yep. is, is a lot more common. Basically, you um, decide, to, the, you, the employee, the worker, mm-hmm. decides to put the money aside, and uh, quite often it'll be matched by the employer up to a certain amount. And um, basically, you're taking 
you're taking on the risk of the investment, so you know you have to make a determination as to what's wise for you. The employer has to make sure that you've got enough options to be well diversified, um, and you can experience the growth of the stock market, but you also get to experience the volatility of the stock market. So when we have significant drawdowns, I know the big joke back in 2007 and 2008 was that your 401k became a 201k because <laughs> the market got cut in half. Yeah. And it truly did, down 52%. But uh, hopefully you have a good advisor that, can, that, can, uh, that works with the 401k plan in that regard to, to help you through that. But let's, let's flesh this out a little bit. Um, Melanie and, and uh, Jarrett, you guys are, are uh, being financial planners, are, are probably better versed than me to, uh, to discuss this topic. So I'm going to leave it pretty heavily up to y'all. Well, I think you said it, man. Uh, you know, the the distinction there between defined contribution and defined benefit plans being that investment risk and who assumes it, as you mentioned, that's why we're seeing so many less uh, pension benefits and things of that nature because the, the companies want to get away from assuming that risk and, and pass that on to the employee. And most people are happy to do that because they're going to have more flexibility and control over their retirement and how they're going about planning for it. So, uh, there's there's pros and cons with each, but uh, with with the defined benefit plans, these pension plans in particular, you know they were designed to provide a, a, basically a lifetime benefit for a lot of these uh, participants um, because it's set up such that these these payments will continue for their life uh, or for the life of them and their spouse if that's how they that's how they choose to take it. You do have some options in terms of how those pay out, but you know whether or not you decide to take the annuity option, which would provide you with that lifetime payout, uh, or decide to take it in a lump sum, you know, you, you've got the ability to decide which you would rather do. And I, I think that that's different for different people because you can't just say there's a rule of thumb here as to, to how to make this decision. A lot of it comes down to uh, even just how, how, how do you do with your own spending, right? I mean, if you know that if you take that lump sum option and, and it's going to be just this windfall of money that you all of a sudden have complete access to if you want it, well, then you're probably going to be more likely to spend more of it than you otherwise would by taking the annuity option and just being uh, kind of put on a budget, which I know you know a lot of clients that have these pension benefits like the fact that it's kind of a set amount each month that they know is coming in. They don't have to worry about... They can budget. Right. And they know even the next month they're going to exactly. get a check, right? Sort of a replacement paycheck. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we, we can talk through that some more after this quick break, I suppose. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk some more about uh, the pension plan party was about to deal with. Stick around, you're listening to Money Talk. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Jarrett McKenzie and Melanie Wells. How about mm-hmm. that? I you remembered your name Good this job. time. Yeah, how about that? Uh, we, uh, we've been talking a little about a, a situation where Mario is getting a, a he's he's at a crossroads he's about to get uh retired uh early and uh 
wondering what to do with his pension. But before we get into that, let me tell you, uh, we love to answer your financial questions. And uh, if you have one, we'd love to hear from you. You can get our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way it works, you call in, uh, listen to our recording, um, then you leave your question uh, on on our uh, machine. We play the question back on the air and answer right behind it. If you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and um, you can uh, you can give her your question, and she'll get it to us, and we'll answer it on the air. Or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Or you can go to our website. We've got lots of information downloaded, and uh, uh, you could probably answer a lot of your own questions if they're broad enough. If it's something very specific to you, uh, you'll probably have to call in or email us, but uh, we'd love to hear from you. And um, getting back to that situation we were talking about, Mario's retiring from his long-term employer. He's uh, He's got some options that he needs to deal with, and... Um, uh, you know, it's it's not only him, but anyone in his company that's within 10 years of retirement is actually being offered this deal. So, uh, you know, it makes you wonder. A lot of folks look at companies as a bit more evil or whatever these days. Pensions have a strange history. They haven't been around forever, but after World War II, uh, a lot of the guys that fought, um, you know, we, we didn't have, uh, there, there was a huge economic boom coming off of uh, the mid-1940s. And there weren't really enough employees to go around, so in order to attract great employees, good companies decided that they would offer them a deal where they wouldn't have to worry about that. Think about where we were. It's it's kind of like we're dealing with millennials today. They had just lived through the Great Depression, tough times that were still relatively, you know, uh, fresh yeah. in their minds. Then they went to war. Yeah. And now they're sitting here. What am I going to do for the rest of my life? I got all these options. Well, companies decided they'd offer pensions in order to attract employees. And um, it sounded like a great thing. Those who've uh, had a pension, a lot of them really have enjoyed the fact that their future <laughs> is a bit more secure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you think about it, as we mentioned coming into this topic, um, companies take on a lot of risk. It's a liability. They take uh, an employee quite often, even if they don't work with them to retirement, if they become vested in the system, then they take on a liability for any employee in the pension plan from the time they become an employee through the rest of their life right. um, because of the agreement that they've made to pay them a pension. So companies are moving away from it. It's, you know, it's, it's somewhat logical as to why they would do that. Um, and and uh, it's amazing. I mean, as a financial analyst, I look through companies all the time, right? And I look at their financial statements, and you'll see these liabilities on the book, uh, long dated, and quite often, um, you know, the obligation is not fully covered with assets in the plan, uh, and, and the risk all falls to the company. And it's not surprising to me that they would all want to be trying to push that off. Now, you know, yeah, swapping sense. swapping from the financial analyst in me to the <laughs> financial planner in, in uh, Jarrett and Melanie, uh, you guys want to pick up where you left off and move on talking about Mario and his situation. Sure, yeah. So, you know, like we were saying before the break, these decisions can be very circumstantial, and it's it's hard to say one way or another 
a general rule that could apply to everyone. But basically, in Mario's case, you know, with him being uh, so young, or relatively young anyways, there's some considerations here he needs to make, particularly one with regard to health care. Because as we were talking during the break, Melanie, you know, that there are some health care decisions here that can be impacted by uh, your decision on whether or not you take a lump sum pension option or whether you take that annuity option. And in some cases, if you take the lump sum option, you may lose the ability to carry health care coverage uh, to your age 65, which is currently the age in which uh, you're eligible to file for Medicare. And so that's certainly a consideration that if you were facing uh, a similar case as Mario, that you'd want to make sure you consider that you don't, you don't hurt yourself in that respect. Right. Like if you take that as a lump sum, then you essentially have no income and if mm-hmm. you're only 57 and you can't even file for Social Security until you're 62, that's a handful of years that you essentially don't have the income. I mean, I think that, you know, Susan, your spouse is working still, but that may not be enough to either carry the coverage for both of you or to have the extra income to pay for the additional health care coverage. Yeah, and, and say if Mario had even done a little bit of extra and he saved to, a, to a, uh, an IRA. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can't get at that money until he's 59 and a half. Either. That's right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. his income, without paying a penalty, right? Sure. So, so in this case, it's it's kind of a catch 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if he had been, you know, uh, the the more responsible person than we often run across, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's he's in a bad spot. Well, and that's why I say that the circumstance dictates a lot of this because you you got to think about those things too. Okay, if I if I do choose one option versus the other, how am I going to you know, continue paying my living expenses, maintain my lifestyle, and that that's different for different people. And so when you're in a, a situation like Mario and trying to figure out which option's best for me, you also get into the budgeting side of things and say, okay, well, I've got a lot of life left to live. I'm 57. If I take this, this annuity option that's going to pay me throughout my lifetime and potentially my wife's if we select the joint option, is that better than us taking the lump sum and trying to grow it ourselves with, with our financial planner or advisor and, and hoping that we can make more of it and, and make it last longer, have more to give to our kids? Possibly. But, you know, I would say that's one of the downfalls of the pension system in general is that the restrictions those funds have on them because they are the fiduciary for these these assets, right? I mean, they're, right. They're, mm-hmm. so they're going to be a lot more restricted than you as an individual would be uh, in investing that money. And therefore, over time, you may not be able to grow it as much as you would yourself if if you left it in the pension plan. And that's just going to be a more steady stream of income, which for someone who has, you know, maybe uh, some bad spending habits or trouble controlling, living within their means, their budget, I would say the pension option or the annuity option is a great one because it can provide that steady stream of income. To your point, Melanie, if, you know, you, your, your spouse's income is not going to be enough uh, to provide for all the household needs, well, maybe go ahead and take that option, even though in the long run you might be better off or have more money by taking the lump sum, that that could very well be the better option for you because it's going to help extend that money much longer. And for some people, if, if you selected that lump sum and you spent more, well, now you really got a problem mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. in life because what are you right. going to do when you're 80s? Go get another job? No, can't not really. likely. <laughs> yeah. So. There's some danger associated with that, you know, when, depending on what option you choose. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of moving pieces with this, too, because, you know, if you do go back to work and you have taken that, you know, lump sum, or not the lump sum, but the annuity option, so you have the income from the annuity option, 
Yeah. And then you're going to have additional income if you're working again. Yeah, which says know, he's likely to do. Right. Once you take that, take that annuity, you can't stop the annuity, I don't mm-hmm. think. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, something to think about, too, is if you're going to have too much income that you don't necessarily need. Yeah, which could end up also affecting Social Security benefits mm-hmm. and things down the road that come into play. So the size of, of your your benefit is also going to play into whether or not this is the, the smartest option because you've got to figure out and weigh all of these different things that – you know, I know I'm, I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but is different for different people. We can't, you, we have to ask all of these questions and things with clients that have them because it's hard to give them the answer without knowing, well, what's going to be impacted and, and how might this option versus this option impact these other areas of your life. And so, uh, but I, I think that as we were talking about earlier, that healthcare option is, or, or I guess dynamic mm-hmm. is issue. very important. Yeah, because you, you, there's a lot still, and that's really, the, I would say, the overall uh, dilemma you play when you, you consider early retirement, right? You There's so much time still to figure out these other things that the law, the way that these retirements are set up, it, it just not, you're not there yet, so you've got to figure out this bridge. And mm-hmm. that's where it always really gets interesting for us is, okay, well, how can we create a bridge for you to make sure that you make optimal decisions between this early retirement age and being able to pull from an IRA, Troy, like you were Mm -hmm. saying, without penalty, make it to this, you know, age 62, for instance, where you can have a social security benefit or be eligible for that, at least get to Medicare age. Uh, There's, there's so much there that you really got to think through all these things to make a decision. So I can see. Yeah. One thing that I would like to add. So in, in a case like this, it might've been wise if he had been a little more diverse in his saving uh, vehicles, right? Mm -hmm. So if he would have saved some money taxable, Mm -hmm. uh, he could still draw from that money. The only taxes you're going to have are capital gains on any uh, gains that you have on the securities within the, uh, within the portfolio. And you could still draw from it without tax consequences, Mm -hmm. you know, before you're um, 59 and a half then, right? Yeah, diversity mm-hmm. with account types is very, very important. It's yeah, no point. doubt. Yep, no doubt. But, um, you know, the bad thing is it kind of having a pension takes away your incentive to save more money. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. All right, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll answer some more financial questions. You're listening to Money Talk. my eye on you a long time, Doctor. I consider you one of my most valuable long-term investments. And when it comes to my investments, I always do my homework. Talk. Chipper Jones is not up to bat. It's just me. That's too bad. He was always my favorite. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm Troy Harmon here today with Melanie Wells. Yep, got your name right. Yeah. Again, that's twice. Two in segments row. in that's a row. Third time twice, the charm, yeah. That's twice wow. as often as the time there I didn't get it right. Yeah. And uh, Jarrett McKenzie, old Jarrett. That's right. The one I love to Can't. make fun of. <laughs> I was say, you won't forget my name. No, who would ever right. forget? If they ever met you, they'd never forget a thing about you. I don't know about that. Jarrett is a walking caricature. If that's true. Yeah. It's just the, the family. People always give us strange looks because you don't see that anymore. 
what you know, That's just true. seven, eight people families. Yeah, we moved mm-hmm. on like from an agrarian society <laughs> ages ago, Jared. <laughs> well, we don't need field hands. <laughs> well, especially with all their red hair. Yeah, yeah. That's you don't really see a lot bad. of redheads either. I gotta tell you, that's, it draws it's, some attention. Uh-huh. When we're it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome for me to see <laughs> <laughs> when y'all are around. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's but fun. Uh, yeah. But it did draw some looks for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I make fun of you a lot, but I think you're a great dad. And well, I don't know if that I matters at all that. to you, it but I think you very are. much does. So yeah. thank you. Right. Anyway, so uh, it's uh, it, the, the segment where we love on Jarrett and his yeah. awesome dad skills. I don't thought skills. we were going to answer some questions, but this is even better. Yeah, just sit, <laughs> sit back and, and glow, right? That's right. All right. Well, we really are here to answer your financial questions. Uh, you can get hold of us through our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. You call in. Listen to our message, listen for the beep, and uh, answer or give us your question right behind that. Uh, we play it on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, if you'd rather talk to a human being, you can call us 770-429-9166 and ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, who's our producer, and um, she'll get your question to us and we'll answer it on the air. Or you can email at drgene at hensler.com, spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Uh, that phone number I threw out there, by the way, 770-429-9166, is the way that you can call and talk to Jarrett or Melanie if you have a question about financial planning, uh, about your pension, about pretty much any topic that you can think of. Financial, uh, these guys are educated, skilled, trained, experienced in answering your questions, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um so we've got another thing we'd like to cover here. Brian from Atlanta writes, ESG investing is a priority for me. I've seen that Costco, Eversource Energy, and Keysight Technologies have great ESG scores, uh, as these uh, are all in various industries. I was looking at buying all three. What do you think of these additions? Uh, my hesitation is that they're all listed as overvalued, or is that just where the market is right now? Uh, the answer to your question, uh, yes, that's where the market is right now. It's very difficult for me to look in the market and find things that just really grab my attention because I focus quite a bit on valuation. So, uh, so what in the world is ESG? ESG is environmental, social, and governance. Now, let me let's let's cover that a minute. Now, uh, this is. This is a, a way of investing sustainably. There's a lot of folks that are focusing on this these days. Uh, the G part's easy to cover, and, and um, our uh, investment screening process actually has a lot of overlap with ESG investors because of the governance piece. Basically, what it's saying is companies that are governed well uh, are likely to have easier times in the long run because they're doing things that uh, that help them avoid those blow-ups that you see so often. Uh, so, you know, they have, there, there are certain things that are, that are mandated by regulators, but, uh, you know, they have, uh, they have, um, I guess you'd call them uh, checks in place that keep them from, from doing certain crazy things. But on top of that, companies that have, uh, you, most of what you'll see these days is where the CEO is also the chairman of the board. Um, it's it's really looked down on for ESG investment companies. And they get uh, lower scores. Um, but but when you have high-quality companies, you usually see pretty good governance coming out of them. 
Now the E piece is pretty self-explanatory, environmental. Um, what you see often is uh, there's hardly any energy company that's ever going to get a high mark on the environmental piece, especially if it's uh, carbon-based emission. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, it's not wind and solar. Uh, and right, <laughs> if it's a fossil fuel-based company. This right. is gas and oil and all those. You seldom see them in an ESG portfolio. The social piece uh, is, believe it or not, heavily reliant on how many women are in the management of the business. Uh, mm -hmm. Women make up 51% of the population, so why don't women make up 51% of the CEOs in our companies domestically? Mm -hmm. uh, it's mm -hmm. a pretty interesting question, right? Yep. Uh, and, you know, I guess you could, you could say that, uh, and, and I think you'd be incorrect in doing so, but you could say that women shy away from those types of jobs. Quite often there are jobs that women do shy away from. I go to a CFA society meeting here in Atlanta, and uh, I am told 15% of the society is made up of women. Now, nothing holds them back except that they really don't mm -hmm. want to be a CFA. They don't want to be a pointy-headed analyst like myself. <laughs> uh, they'd prefer to do something else. Well, um, so do we have any indication as to how these ESG companies or ones that score high on that, particularly, I guess, these that Brian's asking about, how do they perform relative to the overall market? Is this how impactful is those high scores. Yeah, are those so so I will tell you that it's uh, these are not the high flying tech stocks that you're going to see making fifty and a half percent in 2019. Sure. Some might be, mm -hmm. uh, but it's really not there. It it doesn't seem to bubble up that way. Now there are there are uh, studies that have been done that these companies, because of the fact that they avoid the downturns better, uh, that they do have a better long term track record. But that's Almost like saying, you know, value stocks beat beat uh, growth stocks in the long run. They don't always do it in the short run. As mm -hmm. we know, for the last 10 years, uh, growth companies, especially technology-based companies, have been beating the socks off the market overall. So, you know, when you've got a company, and I really do believe that it's more about the governance piece than than some of the others, um, you know, they're they're going to be better for the long run, maybe not for the short run. The other thing that you'd have to say is, yeah, they might be beating the overall market because I know we didn't talk about this coming into the show, but the only sector that's been negative over the last year, energy. And if these companies are avoiding energy stocks, mm -hmm. then you've avoided yeah. that, that pitfall. And really since about mid-2014, Energy has been on the skids. It started with Saudi Arabia trying to to see where the where the stopping point was to the Bakken Shell, Western North Dakota's um, fracking technology, and all the rest of that. I mean, that's a long story that sure. I really don't care to get into. But the reality <laughs> is, it's caused energy to lag mm -hmm. over a, quite a while now, since 2014. You know, um, almost six years at this point. But um, He's asking about some good companies there, right? I mean, I know Costco yeah. in particular. We don't; it's not in our models, and, nope. and I, don't, I think it. We've may recommended be our it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, it does. It, it is a good company. Good yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, as far as as far Great as the place. company goes, it's it's fine. And I think you know we've talked about this before, but just because it's a great company doesn't necessarily mean it's the best of uh, of investments. I, the biggest knock that I have against it, and you mentioned it in in your uh, your question. It's expensive. I mean, we're we're talking about uh, earnings growth at about 11 and three quarter percent over the last five years. Looking forward, it's about eight and a half percent expected. 
Um, you know, return on assets, return on uh, equities, 8.7 and uh, 26.8 respectively. Peg ratio at 4.16. That is the price to expected growth. Uh, it's a forward PE divided by the growth expected from analysts. We like that number to be about one-fourth that size, around one, and here we are at 4.16. So uh looks expensive. Uh, when you look at uh, price to sales, 0.87 times. Price to sales in the tech bubble, 0.79. This is above tech bubble days <laughs> in price. I mean, that's that's a bit crazy to me. Um, the others, energy, uh, Eversource Energy that you had asked about, it is a public utility, which usually gets a little better. Uh, indication as far as uh, whether or not it should be owned. And uh, this one's about the same. Um, the best looking one, Keysight Technologies, provides electronic design and test solutions to commercial, commercial communications and aerospace companies. Uh, it's probably the best price of the, the whole bunch, but uh, even it looks pretty expensive. So uh, while I like the concept of ESG, these companies are really expensive. Yeah. All right. That's going to be the end of our show. What do you say, guys? Mark it up or down? All right, I'm up too. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll talk to you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.